This is Marcus Richardson, President and CEO of Rich Group Financial. We look forward to working with you and helping serve you in the financial service arena. So what that really means is we're going to be able to help you with life insurance for your mortgage protection, make sure that's taken care of when you pass. We're also going to be able to help you for your final expenses to make sure your burial, things like that are taken care of. We also are able to help you with retirement. So if you lose the money in the market and you want to stop losing money, you don't want to keep losing money, we can help you with that. And we also can help you with Medicare. So if you want to make sure you got all that taken care of, please reach out to Rich Group Financial. You can find us at richgroupfinancial.com or you can also send us an email at richgroup28 at gmail.com. And we'd love to serve you and help you and bring you into the family. Welcome to the Pro Formula Podcast. I'm your host, Tarek Shabazz, and this podcast is all about professional development. So if you're trying to take your professional skills to the next level, you're in the right place. In order for us to be able to continue to bring you this great content, I'm going to need you to like, subscribe, or hit that bell on our YouTube page. You can also go to our Instagram, or you can go to our Facebook account. We look forward to seeing you at our next show. Thank you so much for tuning in. All right. Welcome to the Pro Formula Podcast, everybody. My name is Tarek Shabazz, and I'm your host today. And this podcast is all about helping professionals reach their fullest potential. And I'm super excited to introduce you all to my next guest. Um, this man has been a mentor of mine since I can remember. He's what they call, he's who they call the unofficial mayor of the five points. He's a philanthropist, an activist, a photographer, uh, an icon in the city of Denver. I want to bring you all to my guest, Brother Jeff. What's going on, Brother Jeff? Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a great pleasure. It was great to see you, Always man. I was excited about all of the iterations of, of Tyreek. Yeah. You do it, man. I appreciate it. I want to just ask you to get started. Like, when you hear all of these different titles, and I could have kept going, you know, what, how does that make you feel? You know, the unofficial mayor and, and all of that. But, you know, it, it's an honor, you know, when individuals recognize who you are and what you do for the right reasons. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want to be known for the wrong reasons. That's I don't right. want to I don't want to be known for leading people astray. I want to be known for, you know, being an individual that um, is committed to humanity, but but certainly to my community. And I always want to be rooted where I am and share the success with our community because my success is our success. It belongs to all of us. And I think some people say that, but I really truly know that that's who you are and that's where what you where you are. Where did that come from? Like where did that sense of community and sense of family, where did that where was that rooted in? To me, community means coming together as one or as a unit. Yeah. And I was raised in a community. Like today I think there's a lot of, of disjointed uh, relationships and people find community in a lot of different ways. Yeah. I was raised in a geographical black community inside of Northeast Denver, which is in a state that is still, you know, 97% white. Yeah. I was raised in a community inside of a white state that was perhaps 97% black. So uh, with that being said, growing up, you know, I didn't know that the coaches were volunteers. I didn't know that they had jobs, you know, during the day and they were working with us at the at the end of their work day. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't know that the relationship with me to the elders and the young people was all interconnected, but it was a part of my upbringing. And so when things began to get disjointed in terms of our culture, you know, I had something in, 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 in terms of a foundation. 
yeah. to know that there was something different. And so what I'm doing is not something that I stumbled upon. It was something that I was raised into. Man, I love that. Talk to me a little bit about how you feel about the state of our community now. I know that you you love that Northeast part of Denver and, and Denver as a whole. Um, it's changed over the years. Talk a little bit about how you feel about some of the changes that you're experiencing and what you're seeing. Well, what you're talking about is gentrification yeah, man. and displacement. And, and all of the all of the iterations that go along with it. And so when I talk about like Northeast Denver, when I talk about where I was growing up, I'm talking about black people as a whole. Yeah. You know, I was raised that I'm a part of, you know, the, 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 the black community throughout the diaspora. Mm. You know, it's not just it's just not this block. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so b before people started saying, well, I'm from the east side or I'm from the Mark Hill or I'm from Aurora or A-Town and all to me. All community meant to me was, you know, I'm a brother. That's what brother Jeff means, you know. And if you if you think about the brother aspect of it, it will pinpoint you to a period of time where our community was very strong as related to our identity. Yeah. You know, we were going back and fetching it. And so, you know, when you think about um, legends in our community like Cleo Parker Robinson and you know, all of those cultural icons, Opalanga Pew. I could give you so many different individuals that I was um, raised through Dr. Daddio. I was raised in Dr. Daddio's house, mm. you know what I mean? And so um, I, I came up in a community of greatness. And so my heroes were next door to me. Mm. I never had to look at them on the internet or go find them because they lived way over there. Um, they were a part of a culture where you couldn't live way over there. You know, and so now you've got a lot of individuals that was raised way over there because economically they were able to succeed in the broader culture takes advantage of our great, our greatest. Yeah, man. And then it plucks them away and then they tend to not come back or not identify, you know, with where their roots are. You know, some don't even come and get their hair cut in the hood anymore, you know. And that's just a different piece because some say it's time to get up and get out. You know, that's what success looks like to them. To me, success looks like, you know, we come up together. You know, my struggles are yours and your struggles are mine. Yeah. And I don't feel comfortable outside of my culture in a way that I would like to spend a considerable amount of time away from my culture. And, and that's intentional, right? That seems that's absolutely. Like, that's intentional because, I mean, I was just on the five points earlier today and in the same spot that I remember going to when I was a kid and you were doing your poetry reading or you had all these different events that were going through there. How have you maintained and been able to stay in that same area? Like, what, 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 tell us how that how that's going about. You know, one of the things that I think our community, you know, really um, may have lost sight on, and that's ownership. Mm. And I'm not talking about just ownership of your buildings and your assets, but ownership of your environment. Oh, yeah. And so when I came up, you know, I would say that 95% of our community was controlled by black folks. Yeah. You know, that was your church. That was your restaurant. That was your social civic organizations. You know, that was your environment. That's what you saw. Now I would say 95% of black people's existence is controlled by white folks. Mm. You know what I mean? There's a lot of asking permission. Can I? And, you know, it makes people uncomfortable when I talk about the reality in those terms, because I don't I don't hint around it. You know what I mean? I don't whisper. I'm not that person. That says, white folk. You know, I don't or BIPOC, you know, BIPOC, which means everything but white. But I'm going to say BIPOC because it's know, more politically it, acceptable. It, yeah, it's it's not, you know, we can't talk about the, the, the racial dynamic in this country, which has a racial foundation. That's right. So folks don't want to talk about it. 
I talk about it, but not from a standpoint, good, bad, or indifferent. I just talk about it from the reality. And so what you saw when you came back to town was white folks um, penetrating a largely black community, but you see it everywhere you go, Yeah, which means to tell me that, you know, there's a concerted effort and a concerted plan and a concerted blueprint as it relates to developing a community that's not ours. Yeah. And so when we don't see that and we say, well, you know what? Um, everything is fair. Everything is good, but you can't get a loan. You know, their realtor won't sell you a home in your own neighborhood. You won't pick a realtor that looks like you because there's something in your mind that still says we, we're not really that skilled in terms of how to execute. But every time you look around the corner, everything that's of greatness, you will find a black person right there involved in it or doing it or running it or training someone to do it. And they're not being recognized. Black folks just figured out that black women put white men on the moon. Yeah. Through the movie through Hidden, Hidden figures. figures, yeah. And like, really? That's what we should be celebrating. But what we have done, and in no shade, but but because we keep it real. Yeah. What we've done is we celebrated the back of the room. Mm. You know, we celebrated the parts of our culture that are stereotypical. Yeah. And I don't think we've elevated those outside of our control has elevated the back of the room. You know, the um stereotypical elements, the um the 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 undesirable elements and made it appeasing to individuals as opposed to saying now in, 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 in just a few years ago, we learned that black women put white men on the moon. Crazy. You know, but but we're quick to say how many folks have been shot, how many, you know, you how many's in the prison, you know, how many of this. We love and to that. quote those we, kind of stats. We got those stats for days. And we and we get it. You know what I mean? We get it from those who point the lens that way. Yeah. They never point the lens that way in their own communities. They point the lens that way in our communities because we don't control our communities anymore. Outside of our communities tells us what's desirable. How? And this is we could go on and on. Like this is this is who I grew up learning from, y'all. So that if those that know me, this he's part of the reason. This is the way I was raised as a kid. I remember, like uh, you know, during Ramadan, I wasn't able to go outside. Yeah. And, and go to recess and my mother would have me legit write a essay that was not being graded yeah but by anybody but her on different figures so i grew up very culturally understanding but how do we get back there or will we ever get back there or are we just are we just too far away from getting back to that point where we have this idea of us as a community no we're there you know i mean of course, geographically, you could see across the country been displaced because of gentrification, and that's a class dynamic. It's uh, gentrification is economic warfare. Yeah. And so, um, what it what it does is it's, it it devalues areas, and then it allows capital to come in and get it at a, a very reduced rate. Yeah. And then and then the cycle continues. But the greatness of what you were raised with in terms of family and parents taking responsibility, I would believe that. The majority still have that. There are people in the house telling folks yeah. this, that, and holding them to a higher standard. Even if some are not listening, they're still hearing it from someone in the family that's pulling them to the side and say, let me, let me share something with you. Let me look at this. Let me talk to you. Um, however, because we've lost control of those who authorize our existence, mm then the lens is pointed in a different direction and they don't see inside of Tariq's house that his mother 
his father is saying, here's the assignment as it relates to this house. That's right. <laughs> you know. I like that. We get the assignment as it relates to someone else authorizing what we should know and what we should do. And so now you have individuals that may not have a knowledge of self. They don't know which books to read. They may not be reading at all. Mm -hmm. You know, so when I run into someone, I'm generally going to ask, what book you read? You know, what, what, what are you doing? I'm going to drop a jewel in some subtle some subtle way you know what i mean because inside of our very existence is greatness yeah and we're always looking for someone to polish that or to bring that forward and i don't care who it is because we're created by a, a, a majestic creator that is so dope that there's not two things the same anywhere yeah. anytime then i know that when we're dealing with the human element we're dealing with greatness so those who would say that we're not great, I put that on mute. Yeah. And I focus on who we are. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so where are we at in the dynamic? It's up for up to you and those of us who know to remind. I like that. Just to remind and say, you know what? Um, you may not hear me now, but you're gonna remember what was said. And when you're ready to hear more or whatever. Someone else might say, and they'll be like, oh, yeah. I remember. I remember. It was the, the seed was already been planted. So we just have to keep planting seeds and know that it's there. And what we focus our attention on, you know what I mean? No matter how dope this internet is, no matter how advanced individuals are in science and technology, you know, they can't spin a planet at 1,037 and a third miles per hour in space, hold up by nothing. They can't take six septillion tons, which this planet weighs, and hold it up on nothing. You know what I mean? They 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 can't have us wake up and say it's your day to turn on the sun. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you know, sometimes we be misdirected and focused in the right in the in the wrong direction. You know what I mean? I can appreciate what is in front of me, but I also have a greater appreciation in terms of what I look at. And when I see us as a community, when I see us as a people, when I see humanity in general, I see something that can't be replicated mm. or duplicated. And then I can walk and say, that's dope. You know what I mean? Mm. And so when I look in the mirror, I can look at myself and say, you know what? That's dope. That's right. <laughs> I love that. I, I remember cultural just culture, I would say, has always been something that's been on your heart. You got a cultural center that's been in the five points. We're going to get into that in just a second, but you always were on the music scene with the jazz. You always had paintings and photography, and you also, I remember going and, and listening to, like the spoken word, that was something that was normal to me because of you. Where did this artistic, creative, per, where was that birthed from? I understand that you lived in a great community yeah, that had yeah. had arti artists and all of that, but we all don't... We all don't go to that. How did right. how did you get drawn into this creative place that you live in? Well, you know, um, you gotta you gotta remember there was a time where folks were going back to their roots. There was a show; it was on television for seven days straight called Roots. That's right. You know what I mean? And it was the it was the most viewed series in television history. Yeah. But what it did was prick consciousness. Mm. It educated. And it created pride and it also created shame. It, 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 it had this country wrestling with the realities of 
you know, the foundation of how, you know, race relations came into existence. Yeah. It was so powerful that, you know, they never showed it again. And they start putting cartoons back on television, you know. So in the wake of that, you know, we're talking about the black power movement. We're talking about the black power struggle. We're talking about the black freedom movement. All of that was in this period of time. We're talking about the drums. We're talking about the sounds. We're talking about the Afro. We're talking about, you know, brother. You know what I mean? You know, I was raised in that way. You know what I mean? You're talking about Cleo Parker Robinson in the dance. You're talking about reaching back. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're talking about the last poets. Mm -hmm. You're talking about everybody who had an instrument in school everybody playing something you know what i mean you're talking about earth wind and fire keep your head to the sky you're talking about ain't no stopping us now say it loud i'm black and i'm proud you know yeah, what i mean absolutely. ready for the revolution you like all of that you know black panthers free lunch program you know health care in terms of sickle cell and you know all of the different you know fighting to be included in the country you know, and in the wake of assassinations, yeah, you know, Malcolm and Martin and, you know, the Kennedys and, you know, and you're talking like it was it was thick. And although that although I wasn't of age at that time, I was in the midst of that watching in the same way you were watching. And so what came around in my generation was first generation hip hop. Don't push me because I'm close to the edge yeah you know what i mean and so that's the the political consciousness of the music you know or the fun of the music have you ever went over a friend's house to eat and the food just wasn't no good you know the sugar hill gang with the pow pow boogie and the big bang bang all of that stuff was my generation they're doing 50 years of hip-hop but you know those were the seeds but you got to remember with the music the music was on the heels of like chic good times those folks that were playing instruments. So there was a there was a transition. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, you know, I got heavily involved in hip hop and was very well known or foundational here in Colorado. You know, if you go and watch Souls of the Rockies, you'll get a lot of that that particular history. And then the crack came. Yeah. That's that's a turning point. And then the crack came. Yeah. It, that devastating. That, that you we, we can never underscore the devastating impact that crack came along with the guns. Yeah, in the same way the indigenous were hit with the alcohol and the guns. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which led us to a crisis that we weren't prepared for, addiction we had never seen, behaviors that were not even in our mindset that are now normalized. Today, so I I know the difference. I, I when I grew up, there was no such thing as a drive-by shooting. That's right. There was it, it no was, such thing. Yeah, we was if it was an issue, we gonna meet up. We we might have your group against my group, and we was knuckling up, and yeah. that was about the extent of it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Maybe a stabbing every now and again. Yeah, I mean, you know, every community has conflict, but but guess what? Every community has a warrior class. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and there's a warrior class to, to every culture. And that's why you have youth athletics. That's why you have team sports yeah. where folks can take that aggression and they can compete in a ritualized, um, controlled environment that's not out of control. Yeah. And so growing up, 
all of those elements were in place and the streets were as well. But the streets didn't, it wasn't about shooting and killing each other. Yeah. It might have been a razor blade, a stabbing, or maybe a fight or whatever. But the others was, you know, involved with their sports. Yeah. You know what or, I mean? Or really, I, you know, from my mother's from back east, so she's from Jersey. And so a lot of her memory was they were really patrolling the community. Oh, yeah. That that was our our defense mechanism was our brothers and that was standing on those corners protecting, making sure that they kept the drug dealers and kept all of that out. And it's just interesting. And I'm glad that you touched on that just a bit because we are the, we're the generation of the crack babies. Yeah. Like the, my, my grade, my age, we're the, our parents and not my parents, but our parents were as a collective, were the ones who were strung out. And I think morally that's where you started to see this um, uh, decay in our moral ethics yeah. And, and and I just want to touch on, we're still on the cultural side of it. So when you see the music that's being made today and the, the type of style of hip hop that, that's about drug abuse, um, you know, disrespect to our, our women. I mean, where, where are you at with that? But see, what one of the things that, you know, when you talk about the cultural center, Brother Jeff's cultural center came on the wake of the community house. There's a place in Fairfax, 28th and Fairfax, called the Community House. Communities always have a gathering place. You know what I mean? And so every generation seems to have its own vibration. You know what I mean? And so while Blacks was moving on up or we was coming together and there was no stopping us now, then that threatened something else. So the opposite of that is how do we control that moment and that's when the drugs come in you know what i mean that's when the 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 unity falls apart because our our unity is more powerful than a a a a a nuclear bomb and i saw that as as one of the organizers of the million man march and so when it's when you talk about the current music i would have to ask your generation and other generations because hip-hop and our artists have always been honest articulators of what's going on. Sure. You know what I mean? And so, you know, if death and destruction is taking place, That's then right. that rhythm and that sound is going to be mirrored with death and destruction. And then you have an outside force that continues to stir it up for profit. You know what I mean? I and so there, there, there are those that are, honest about their experience you know someone someone like yourself who grew up in and in, in by high school had multiple murders of close friends that's a different song absolutely you know your song ain't you know keep your head to the sky yeah man yes what your song your song is like what the fuck happened yeah <laughs> you that's know, right ain't this a bitch <laughs> <laughs> you know as as a young person 14 who just got their they best friend murdered you know, their their songs ain't swing, it ain't swing low, sweet chariot. It ain't it ain't gospel. It ain't nothing. It's like man, fuck, what, what the fuck, you know? And then and then the and then the beat, boom, you know. And it's like, and then the other person's like, my homie got killed too. Fuck yeah, you know. It's like it gets real. Yeah, man. You know, it's I, so lo- just, I, I think just you know, I'm a, I hate to interrupt you, but I, I just want to say that might be the first time that I've heard. That I really like that perspective because it's it's the mirror of what's going on. Yeah. And and I heard Pac say it one time where he was saying, you know, 
at first we were saying, you know, we shall overcome, but then it's like, no, I'm picking the lock. You know, yeah. It, it the the tone changed because of what we what we saw around us, and really, that just is a a reflection of our condition. Well, you know, the tone changed because look, the the streets and the human nature is just real. Yeah. You know, there's folks that are struggling. Like we're from an area of the country that folks get here and they really think they made it, but. Let me take you to Newark, New Jersey. Yeah, man. Let me take you to Lord, like anything that got the word ward in it. <laughs> <laughs> Let me take you to a school that ain't got a name and it's just number eight. Mm -hmm. Like, let me take you to a street that ain't got a, it's just L. You know what I mean? It's just it's like L Street. It, where, where L Street. You couldn't think of nothing else like mm. what school you go to, precinct six. Mm. Like, I'm talking about folks that ain't eating. And so they're eating off each other yeah, man. and it's controlled and it's, it's contained and it's, it's social engineering. And so you got to think about where we're at in where, where our backyard is the Rocky mountains. Come on. You know what I mean? Yeah. And folks would come here and they would say, them's your projects. Them is our townhomes. <laughs> That's right. I can't like, tell you how many people I've, that have said that to me. Like, take me to the hood. We take them to the hood. I'm from like 16th and Clinton. You know what I'm saying? 16th and Peoria. They like, what? This is rough? Right. Like, this is, okay. And and so you, you, you've got a couple of elements at work there. You know, you've got individuals that attempt to articulate hard living for art, art's sake. Yeah. But they, they're not really that. You know what I mean? Middle class kids talking about how hard it is. Like, it's hard to have a hard song, you know, with a front in the backyard. Yeah, man. You Upstairs and I mean? downstairs. Upstairs, downstairs, you know. Pantry. Refrigerator full. And a pantry, though. Steaks, pantry. I never even knew what a pantry was. Like, a pantry? Man. And, and, and so when you got individuals that can do it, but they're artists. You know what I mean? They're artists. Yeah. And some people can even feel it because their artistic ability to interpret something. But then you got some individuals that really live it. You know what I mean? This is my reality. Yeah. And so their song is different. You know what I mean? Like, like, how do you, you know, I came up in, a, in an environment where there was a church on every corner or a mosque. You know what I mean? And faith was a big dynamic you know what I mean, folks? It, it, it looked like the civil, what they call the civil rights movement, where folks was dressed up at the March on Washington. Everybody looked like they was going to church. You know what I mean? And the preacher is leading it. The Dr. Martin Luther King is giving this speech. The Mahalia Jackson is singing. Yeah. You know, and folks that wasn't into that was watching it. You know, they like, yeah, okay, this I'm gonna give this a chance. And then they murdered Malcolm. They like, we're gonna burn this shit down. Yeah, man. The tune, the tune turned not because they didn't give it a chance, but you killed peace. You assassinated peace. Mm. And then you want me to be peaceful. Do y'all see why I am the way I, I mean, y'all just, <laughs> this is, these are, this is the way I was raised, man. I, um, this show is called The Pro Formula. And so I want to, I want to talk about how does Brother Jeff, how do you measure success? How do you measure professional success? Because yeah. I guarantee your definition of professional success is different than someone else's. Like, talk to me about what does it mean to be a professional at the highest level in your eyes and from your standpoint? Well, a couple of things. I think that success is is 
an individual measuring stick. You know what I mean? Like, for example, if you have a particular goal. See, I measure success as, as it relates to goals and what I'm particularly pursuing. Okay. It's going to be different for everyone. But collectively, for me, for black people in a hostile environment that hates us for no reason. Um, Louis Armstrong said, what did I do to become so black and blue? Like Dr. King in the book, Why We Can't Wait, said, were we not patriotic? Did we not fight in every war? Did we not build the Capitol? Yeah. Like, did we did we do something to deserve this kind of hatred, this vitriol? For So to me, collectively, black folks, any black person, man, woman, or child who makes it through one day in all of that hostility is successful. Okay. You know what I mean? It's like, man, I made it another day. But are they professional? Though? Now, pro now, only thing professional means you got paid in some way, you know, okay. like, like, um, what, what separates a professional athlete from an amateur is the check. Love it. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? They doing the same thing. They getting hit hard at the college level. They generating tons of money. You talking billions, billions, like straight plantation. I'm generating billions and the rules say, but I can't get paid. They said, no, but you getting the education, right? That's, now, that's your payment. Now, now check this out. Give me my money and I'll pay for my education. Come on now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't tell me how to spend my money. I say don't send me. I'm not, you know, let me give me the money and let me do with it what I want to do with it. Exactly. And that's always the economic argument about, you know, being being compensated for your labor. So to me, one successful looks like, did I just make it today? And how did I make it today? That's that's at a very base level. Someone who's struggling with addiction. Did I not get high today? Mm. You know what I mean? And did I make it two days? You know what I mean? Did I fall down on the third day, but I was successful for two days? Yeah. Now I'm starting over. You know what I mean? And I'm, and I'm successful. So it's measured in a lot of different ways. What we've done in a capitalistic society is we tend to measure our success based on white men who have become billionaires. And somehow they are the epitome of what it means to make it. But their lives are in decay. Their insides are rotten. Not everyone, but um, enough to say, if you've got all this wealth and you've got decay around the world, how are you successful? Mm. And so my success is measured on how I could share what's been shared with me. Mm. You know what I mean? Did like for me, success is like, did I say something that ignited you to your highest purpose? You know what I mean? Um, were we collectively able to experience peace? I love it. You know what I mean? Were we able to navigate conflict in a way where we come together in love? So at the highest level, success is love. Mm. You know what I mean? Success is success are those those principles that are on a high frequency, such as brotherhood, sisterhood, fraternity, love, compassion, honesty. All of those different dynamics that you can have no money, but you can still possess those attributes. You know what I mean? So for me, success is like, you know what? 
um, Tariq's in town and he's on a journey and he's got this vision and how can I help that brother along the way? You know what I mean? How can, how can I share what I know in a way that is not because I want something from him? Mm. So it's not a transaction. It's not a transaction. You ain't doing transactional. It's like, I really want to see this brother succeed. Right. That's successful. And then, and but here's, here's what I know. You and I have a successful relationship because it's like this. Yeah. I want for you what you want for me. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, um, you know what? I am happy to see you. I'm not happy to see a stack of money. You know what I mean? Sure, I can do that. I could get that. But I can't never get you back. Yeah. You know what I mean? We can't get this moment back. So success for me has always been, you know, as I was younger, you know, um, a, a financial goal. You know, a particular business or a particular venture. But I'm at the stage in my life now where I'm standing there retired. You know what I mean? It's like, I get to do this. I'm not chasing anything. I'm not bumping into any walls. I'm not having arguments and conflicts and trying to do this and that. I'm attempting to share what I've accumulated in the form of knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Mm. You know what I mean? And by having that, it generates wealth, financial and other word and otherwise. The more money I have, the less money I need. Right. I'm I you know, having this conversation's got me looking in the mirror. I'm like, <laughs> I gotta get back on it, man. I mean, for me, I'm so driven. And I don't know, my wife asks me all the time, she's like, Tark, what are you chasing? Hmm. When is enough enough? Right. And I'm like, I think it's a feeling. I remember I was my first goal, you know, I remember making a hundred thousand dollars a year. I was like, I wanna make six figures. I swore, bro, that Confetti was going to come out of the sky. It was a finish line. I was going to lean through the tape and I won, you know, and I never, it never came there. But the way I felt the most successful in my life was when I was running that youth program. Yeah. When I had those kids and they still call me to this day, like, Coach T, I need some advice. What do you think I should do here? I'm like, that really fills me up. You know, the, the financial side of it, it almost seems like what they say, the more money, the more problems. Yeah. And well, it, the, it's more money, more problems if you didn't know how to handle money. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? The, like, m the more money will give you also more opportunities to handle money as a tool. Yeah. You know what I mean? To give back. To have the time to coach. So y'all see he's, he's still saying it's okay to, to get the bag. You got to get the bag. You got to get the like, bag. Like, like for, for example, let me just tell you in my... In, in, um, in my journey. I was big in hip hop. I'll show you the pictures. You could go and watch the Souls of the Rockies, etc. I, I was working with the Ice Cubes, the, the Public Enemies, you know, the Jazzy Jeffs, the Fresh Prince, um, the Kumo D's, the, the, the Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. I was booking and doing all those different things long before I was booking a Mary Baraka. Mm. And the and the poets and Jessica Care Moore and um, you know working with the 
Kwame Toure, a.k.a. Stokely Carmichael, and Congressman John Lewis, and Muhammad Ali, and I could go all the way down a list of individuals, Dr. Vincent Harding, all of these individuals that I've been blessed to, you know, um, learn from or, or be with, or the places that I've traveled in terms of being in being in South Africa when Mandela was released from prison, and then also being in South Africa when Mandela was released from the body. I was there. Mm. You know what I mean? Having Muhammad Ali at my front door. You know what I mean? Traveling to South Carolina and then being called to, you, you know, the, um, you know, in, 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 in Atlanta, going to South Carolina and then just hearing my name and then someone saying, come to the front desk. And then the, the word is, you know what, you've just been upgraded to first class and you'll be sitting next to Congressman John Lewis. Mm. And then John Lewis saying, you know what, I'm going to South Carolina to open up a civil rights, um, you know, museum and uh, et cetera. Do you want to come with me? And by the way, I'll be preaching on Sunday. Do you want to come with me to this little church? You know what I mean? Then meeting Spider Martin, the white guy who took them bloody Sunday pictures and told me that being a photographer at that time was like having a target on your back. Folks was trying to kill you for documenting. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here in the wake of, you know, someone who um, popularized the term Black Panther and working with Kwame Ture and learning and talking just the way we we are. Someone who's been with, you know, Minister Farrakhan, Khalid Muhammad, you know, someone who's been in all of these dynamics, the same dynamic in the world that I, I have been in in that world, I was in in the hip hop world. But what happened was our community started murdering each other and I gave all of that away. You know what I mean? I walked away from all of that after doing tours and seeing the same thing is happening in all of these communities, but there's no relationship between, between these communities. This has got to be a plan. This has got to be, you know, something that is, you know, being put upon us. And that's how I got involved with the stop the killing dynamic. And that's going to a different level. My social consciousness began to look you know, being with Dick Gregory and listening to like all of them. It's like your parents, <laughs> you know what I mean? Your parents are part of that movement. Yeah, your parents are part of my, my, my consciousness and my, and my understanding. Because when I was young or younger doing the work that I'm known for now, it was folks like your parents that was like in here. Yeah, man. You know what? I, let me talk to you. Let me bring you something here. Let me come get a piece of fish. Let me pick up a bean pie. Yeah. Let me let me support. Let me let let me be at the rally. Let me watch and all of those different dynamics. And so the the shift was, you know what? Yeah, there's money here. You know what? Yeah, there's fame here. And I think that some mistake fame and fortune with success. Mm. You know what I mean? As opposed to mission. Now, if you're if you're an artist and and your and your fame and fortune is attached to the higher values of bringing humanity forward to the next step, then it's like that. But if in fact you're being paid to destroy a community, yeah, that's when you've got to question the heart. What would you do for money? There was a song, "What People Do for Money." Yeah, it's like, yeah. 
what would you do for money? You know, you, I, I made a G today, but, but you made it in a sleazy way. Oh, yeah, but I got to get mine. Well, that's the way it is. That's cold, man. That's a cold. That, that, Pac was that. Pac was that. You know, Nipsey Hussle is that to me. You yeah. know, that brother, I get it. I understand. I come up in that mentality and that, that frame of mind, but he had such a bigger purpose. It was beyond mm-hmm. selling records. He sold records, too. Yeah. That, that was a part of it. He, he did sell records, and, and that was... A component of it as well, but you said something I really want people to understand. Y'all listen, it's about your purpose. If we don't say nothing else, if you didn't catch all of these jewels that this brother has been dropping, he said success is, are you doing what you were called and created to do? And if you're doing what you were called and created to do and you happen to make money, then he saluted you. He's like, okay, great. But if you out here just making the money and you're not living your purpose, no salute. If you out here just working your purpose, I mean, I guess if you No, you you you're right because when folk money is money is just a medium a medium of exchange. Yeah. And so if if you think about say for example poor righteous teacher, knowledge is worth more than diamonds when the mind is shining surprises for God's earth and 85ers. So knowledge is worth more than diamonds yeah. when the mind is shining. So based on mind what is you shining. know, yeah. you're going to generate. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're going to generate income. Yeah. And if you're on your mission or if you're if you're dealing with your purpose, then the universe is going to be reciprocal and provide everything you need to um, buttress or put you in a place to fulfill your mission or purpose. If not, then it's an unfair exchange. Mm. You mean that I'm going to be born to do something, but I'm not going to have the resources to do it. Mm. See, you, generally individuals don't have the resources to do what they're doing because what they're doing ain't their purpose. It's somebody else's. And so your resources are going to make someone else wealthy because it's in line with their purpose. But from a communal standpoint, when we are on our collective purpose, everyone eats. Mm. All right. Thank you all for joining the show. Just a quick reminder, if you like the content that you're receiving and you want to help us out, we really would appreciate that. If you want to help, you can go to our cash app, which is dollar sign, the pro formula, or you can go to our Patreon account, which is patreon.com slash the pro formula. Thank you so much. Your support means the world to us. I want to ask you, like, what would 10 year old brother Jeff think of you today? Man, my 10-year-old brother Jeff would be like, you he'll, know what? He'll salute you. Absolutely. Only because the fact that, you know, um, 10-year-old brother Jeff was just a kid. See, 10-year-old brother Jeff, if born at this period of time, may not have had a chance to be a child. Mm. <laughs> so you, so you at 10 years old, you were actually doing kid stuff. Oh, G.I. Joe with the Kung Fu grip. Yeah, come on. You know, the electric football game with the piece of cotton and you turn it on. I'm just just being a kid. Adults, Cleo and them was dealing with all that. My parents was dealing with that. My mother was dealing with all of, you know, the vicissitudes of life. You know, 10-year-old brother Jeff was just an artist. You know, I could sketch. I had great eye-hand coordination. And if anybody watches the way that I move, as an activist, 
as someone who does photography or whatever it is I'm doing, if you look real close, it's artistic. Yeah. Because I've got an artistic eye. And so the reason I know in terms of my artistic ability goes back to folks would gather around me while I was doing something and I would wonder why everybody couldn't do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> and folks is fascinated. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh, that's called a gift. Mm -hmm. Not the fact that everybody is looking at what I'm doing. Everybody that's looking also has a gift. It may not be that. Yeah. Because back when I was playing with the Pirates, my gift was not athleticism. <laughs> I was on the team. <laughs> you know, I'm like, you're, you, you you're going to run past me or you're going to juke me or whatever. And I'm going to be like, you're great at that. That's right. You know what I mean? <laughs> You got me. This brother is going in right now. You know, I'm talking about you got this. me. You blew past me, or what? It, I, because that's just they were looking at him with the same fascination that people was looking at you at when you were yeah. talking. They and were that's like, why that brother got something going on. And that's why when you when you get involved with your what you're good at, you can admire what someone else is good at. Yeah, I love it. You know what I mean? When 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 you love who you are, like me as a so-called black man, when I love who I am. I can appreciate who you are as a white man or a white woman or brown or brown. It doesn't take anything for me to appreciate you. Yeah. And then I'm not held I'm not held hostage to your negative stereotypes because I know more about me than you could ever know about me. Yeah. So my 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 secret formula is this. No one on the planet is going to outdo brother Jeff being brother Jeff. Mm. That's it. That's the secret sauce. You're going to beat me being you. You're going to beat me being you all the time. Whoever, if you're watching this, I'm never going to outdo you doing you. And I don't care how you do it. You might do it like in a loving way, a moving way. I might emulate it. I might try and spit that bar that way. I might try and twist my thing. But I guarantee you, give it a shot. And you try to outdo Brother Jeff being Brother Jeff and being where I'm at and being where I've been and even put together scholastic um, dissertations about Brother Jeff, and I will smoke you every time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what you put in that formula. I don't care what you put in that report. I don't care what you put in that dissertation. I don't care, I don't care what you say about black people and whatever, blah, blah, blah. You're not going to outbe me. Where, where did this... Um... How do let, let me ask it this way? How do people develop that self identity that says I'm okay with who I am? Like, I think we're in such a social media driven world where we're looking at other people and we're seeing what other people are doing that we're constantly doing this and we're not doing this. How do I don't want to ask you how did you become brother Jeff and fall yeah. in love? But like for somebody that's watching the show, that's like I want to be my true authentic self, but it's never paid off. Yeah, because I think you got to figure out what paid off means. If the highest principle is love and you love yourself, mm. you are compensated. Yeah. Like, do, like, if you feel good about yourself, you know what I mean? You're like, mm, okay, that radiates. People want to figure out how to be around you. There are certain people, people don't want to be around. 
That's right. Like, you you have to figure out, do people, are they happy to see you coming or are they happy to see you going? <laughs> when you walk in the room, do you give the energy or do you take it away? Exactly. And so my thing is, everyone has this, but it's buried. Sometimes it's buried against guilt and shame or conditioning. Sometimes it's buried against bad choices or behaviors or something that you've done that you can't forgive yourself. Mm. You know what I mean? That's why you had Ramadan. A whole period of Ramadan ain't nothing but forgiveness. That's right. Like, we all have done some of the most dumb stuff. You know what I mean? There are people we got to walk up to and be like, you know what? I apologize. Yeah, man. That wasn't my higher self. You know, at on any given day, I'm trying to do the best I can with what I got. You know, I got caught up out there. I did what, but you know what? I'm better now. But people are going to hold you hostage to that moment. That's right. And so the problem is, in terms of how you get there, is how many people do you let hold you hostage to yesterday? Mm. Like, you know what? You you can talk to me. You can talk to me about uh, different dynamics of my life, and you might have me stuck in a period. But right now, I'm on. I'm in 2023. You know, you can remind me about something, but you can't hold me there. Yeah. And then if I fall down, you can remind me of the greatness and say, you know what? Let me remind you who you are. Mm -hmm. You're great. Yeah. Remember, boom, boom, boom. Like elevate as opposed to putting people down. And so, you know, we all got we all got dual natures or whatever. Whatever you water is going to grow. If you water your greatness, it's going to grow. You water the negativity and it's going to grow. Yeah, man. Water the greatness. Water your greatness. Boy, that's his bar right there. This brother has been dropping greatness. so many bars. Um, what's like, when you talk, like, I'm I'm not just saying this because you're in front of me and we're in front of all these millions of people that's viewing this. But I'm saying, like, what's the most proud accomplishment of your of your life? You, you know, I, I think one of the most proud... Uh, I'm gonna say I'm, I'm gonna say one of the most proud proudest moments okay. of my life is my mother telling me I never gave her any problems. Mm. So you was a good, you were well behaved. I may not have been good. I didn't give my mother no problems, <laughs> and, and it might have been based on I don't want them problems either. That's right. But you know my 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 um, you know defining moment is the relationships. You know, not maybe what I've done, but, you know, you're, you've coached, you've done so many different things. And now those individuals have children and they introduce you mm -hmm. to their children. They're like, this one made a difference in my life. Yeah. I get so much of that. You know, like if you come in, if you come into the cultural center, as you have, you'll see all kinds of awards, all kinds of accolades. But that. That is all a representation of us as a community. That means that I've got, I've, I'm held to a higher standard. You know what I mean? I hold myself to a high standard, but I do it because I also represent a people. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want to, I don't, I don't want to let my people down. I don't want to let my community down. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want to, I'm not like that. That's what drives me. I want somebody to say, you know what? Um, that one helped me along the way. Like, like when, you know, I'm 
I ain't gonna tell y'all how old I am. If y'all know me, y'all know how old I am. <laughs> but like when you see me coming back through there, and and that reverence and that admiration. Is that that sounds like what you're talking about? Like it's exactly see, what it's talking about. See people that you indirectly or directly mentored and, and developed, like coming back to you saying, "Man, thank you. Yeah. I love you. I appreciate you," and trying to somewhat emulate the yeah. example that you set. That's that's that that's that's the reward. That's success to me, because when you tell me you love me, and when you say that you know, um, you know. I've, I've impacted your life in a positive way. That means everything to me because I don't want to do anything that takes away from that. You know what I mean? I don't want to, I don't, I don't, I don't want to um, take advantage of. I want to be like, you know what? There are lights in this world and I see you as a light. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I want to, I want to protect that. And I want to be able to say, well, you know what? This was this was my investment, mm -hmm. not not this. I've got this, but I've got so many investments now that at this age, folks come. They come out the penitentiary. They'll they'll bring the homie up and say, you know what? Thank you, brother Jeff, for telling me to stay in school. That's what I'm trying to do. You know what I mean? All of those little different things, folks, folks that became doctors and you know, incredibly successful business individuals. And it's all because of an investment of time. It didn't cost any money. Like a lot of folks now are talking about how much funding they got to get. That's cool. Get the funding. You need money to do what you need to do. However, it doesn't take anything to pull a young person aside and say, how are you doing? If if someone is like you know watching this, they're like I'm I'm trying to get started. I I'm, I want to get an activist, or I want to be like. What would be some advice for somebody that's that doesn't know how to get started? They got the fire. They want to help. They want to get out there, but they don't necessarily have the know how. What would just be some simple advice that you would provide to them? I always tell folks about three things: identity, purpose, and direction. First, do you know who you are? Identity number one, and then purpose. Why am I here? Mm. And then direction, how do I get to where I'm going? That's where the mentor comes in. A good mentor is not going to let you keep bumping in the wall unless they're using it as a teaching tool. Someone will pull you to the side and say, well, let's go this way. Some of the best advice I got from you, I'll never forget it. I've always been ambitious, you know this. Of Ever course. since I was young, I was ambitious. And I remember coming to you and I remember asking, I ran like five ideas at you at one time. And he was like, whoa, 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 T. Like, you got to start with one. And do that one really good. And then you add on to that. Yeah. But you trying to do five things at the same time, like you overwhelm me just by saying all the things that you want to do. Like start with that one thing. And that's something I it's funny I use that. Like if people heard me give you the credit, they'd be like, I say it so much now yeah. that they would think it was me that said it. But I actually got it from you. And um I think for me that was like a, a defining moment in in our relationship because you said it so cool. I love it all, T. You got a lot of good ideas, but you got to start with one of them. Yeah. And take that first idea and then make that work and build on that. That's like, like that's like when you talk about, you know, getting to the next level, it's about a pro formula. I don't know about anybody else, but most folks that are high functioning and very successful in a lot of different ways, they can do a lot of different things. 
And then they're also sometimes piled on by individuals who take advantage of that. You do it. You do it. You do it. You do it. No, you do it because they can count on you. And you'll be so busy being counted on, you can't focus on what you're doing. Mm. <laughs> and so a pro formula is the ability to say no. Mm. Try it. If you want to test a relationship, say no. And then see how that response is based on you not being able to be what someone expects you to be for them. For them. You know what I mean? And so me... I'm one of those individuals that's a visionary. If you give it to me, I can see it. You know what I mean? Or I could see the potential and the possibilities. And then my mind will start doing all of this. But I can only do one thing at a time. And so a lot of folks who are attempting to get to a, a certain level, they're doing so much that they're not doing anything. Yeah, it's motion versus progress. Yes, and so... They got a lot of... Mo it's like you running on the treadmill, but you're not going anywhere. Like, yeah, you you're you got a whole bunch of motion, Yeah, but progress is actually getting out there and making steps and moving forward. My thing is, if you want to be successful, first of all, figure out what you want to be successful at. If I tell my mind I want to be successful, my mind is going to be, my mind is going to be having a question mark. But... I tell folks in terms of a, poor, a, a, a pro formula, write it down. Mm. Write it down. <laughs> like W-I-D. Ding, ding, ding. Write it down. Okay. And now your mind is focusing on something. You know, you look at it and you say, okay, now I can just, this is what I'm focusing on. And so a long time ago, I said, what am I going to do? One, two, one, zero, zero. And I could always see that. One, two, one, zero, zero. And I could just look at it. I could put it on the wall or I could see it in my mind. If somebody's wondering what I'm going to do, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to make a million dollars in two years, create 10 jobs, 10 businesses and 100 jobs. That was my formula. <laughs> a million dollars, two years, 10 businesses, 100 jobs. Mm. But you know, and then the, the journey is one thing, you know, because a million then was like a big deal that today it might be a billion, you know, but have I been able to achieve a financial goal? Like, what is your financial goal? What are you worth financially? And folks just say, you know, um, that, like, no, what do you know how to do that someone will pay for? You know what I mean? That someone will take their hard-earned dollars and exchange it with you because you are excellent at what? And it ain't the hookup. You know, folks like, I just need the hookup. Like, I'm looking at these cameras. I'm looking at this setup. It takes money. Yeah. Now somebody says, but I could do that. Now anybody can open up and do, but are you an artist? Like if I see your work, is there quality in it? You know what I mean? Does somebody look at it and say, how did you accomplish that? Who knows how to do that? Like, what is it that you know how to do? And what is it, and particularly if it's your gift, what you do is you look at in terms of, I don't care what the field is, you know, who is doing it at the highest level? 
when you measure yourself between the highest level and you. Have a good reality check. And then you study the best at it. Whoever is the best at it, folks ain't studying the worst at it. Ain't nobody went into and said, let's look at some scrubs. Like, okay. You're looking at the tapes. You're like, this one knows how to do that. And this is why they know how to do that. And this is why we're studying the tape. Because when they do that, we're going to do. So now what do you got to do? You got to study. And so if you want to study success, study successful people. Like your program. You talk to a lot of successful people. And you will see that there's a common thread as it relates to what they do. That's right. So no matter what it is, first of all, like you said, vision, consistency, dedication, sacrifice. I can't find anybody that's been successful that didn't sacrifice. Like, for example, when everybody's partying, you're not. Why? Because you're either in them books or you're studying your craft. If you want to be nobody, just don't do nothing. You want nothing? Don't do nothing. It's easy. That's the that's the simple. That's, that's the simple. That's simple. Don't do nothing. You won't have nothing. That's easy. But if you want something, you got to do something. You know what I mean? And if you're not willing to do something to become the best, then you are going to be leaning on individuals to do for you what you wouldn't do for yourself. Study success. If you want to be free, study things that are free. Mm. A slave can't run you to nothing but another master. Mm. I don't know if y'all catching all this. I'm like, <laughs> God. the one two one zero zero. That is a. At first, when you said that, I was wondering if that was the address. I said that must be, a, but it really was an address. Now that yeah. I, now that I really hear, that was your destination of where you were trying to go. Like um, if somebody says, "Okay, I want to make, I want to do six figure. I want to make a hundred thousand. Okay, you got one hundred twenty. You got to knock down ten racks a month. That's right." Now, so in terms of a formula, like me, even when I was like, I'm, I'm like you or anybody else, I used to grind hard. Like, it was very easy. Like, I could, I go all day and all night. Like, you want to work? Like, my secret to success was, I hope you're asleep. <laughs> if you're my competition, I hope you're asleep. Because by the time you wake up, I'm already done. That's right. I'm doing something else. And so... From a business perspective, I say, I'm going to do three things, you know what I mean? Three things a day by three o'clock, and I ain't taking no work home. I'm just going to do three things. Mm. Now, if I get those three things done, and if I, I'm done. But if I don't, then tomorrow I got to do six things. So three o'clock, I'm done. I'm done. Three things, and then, you know, if I don't, then, the, if I didn't, then tomorrow it's six. The next day is 12, you know, three, six, not like stay on your task. Know what you can do. Know when you're high functioning. Yeah. You know what I mean? Put your put your 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 heavy lifting up front. Get it done and don't take it home. Mm. You know, if you had adopted that when you were younger. Oh, yeah. Could you have achieved all that you did or did it take all that grind for you to get? To get to a point where now you have the three and three. One of the things about youth that I, I've noticed is that the grind is fun. <laughs> you know? I love working I, hard. Like, it, it, like, I would grind like that for nothing. 
You know what I mean? It, the money was as a benefit, but when you're when you're young and you're vibrant and you're idealistic and you're like trying to figure it out, and that's a part of life, and it's exciting. What happens is when you keep getting knocked down or somebody hits you hard or some tragedy strikes and you just can't get over it. You know what I mean? But I can just tell you, talk to someone successful and I can guarantee you the grind is like, it's like, let's get it. You know what I mean? And, and so now I'm at the point where I don't have to grind like that, but I appreciate those who do. I, um, man, I, I... it was fun. Yeah. And it is fun. Life is fun. Life is exciting. Life is life is full of opportunities. And, you know, I just let, like to tell everybody, whatever you're pursuing, you will accomplish. That's right. There ain't no losers in this game. It's just those who gave up before their time. Just last thing, and, and uh, I man, this time has been so valuable. I just want to, like for that person that's been knocked down, they they don't, they're still they're trying to get back out of it. Do you have any advice for them? Yeah, success is being knocked down a thousand times and getting up a thousand and one. Just get up. <laughs> and if you if you can look up, you can get up. Yeah. And sometimes it takes some assistance. You know, a lot of people who are high functioning and high achievers, they got to do it themselves. Because sometimes we think that only we can do it. You know, ain't nobody going to do it right, so I might as well do it myself. But you know what? The, the, the greatest jewel in life is to say, you know what, I need help. Yeah. You know, and whatever that help looks like, you know, access it. And that help looks different for a lot of different people. But, you know, if you need assistance, assistance will make itself available. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, we all get knocked down. But you know what? If you can open up them eyes and give it another shot, another turn at that, whatever, however you want to say it, go for it. And if you need some assistance, get it. Because at the end of the day, you're going to fulfill your destiny. Love it. This last segment I call it Settle the Score. So I just I'm gonna put you on the hot seat. I got like five questions for you. Let's go. Um, who had a bigger impact on on culture, or would you say that you resonate with more? Was it Dr. King or Malcolm X? I think they're pretty much the same. The Dr. King that has been popularized in in the current model that's been locked in the March on Washington and it's like '63 is like you know you're missing the point. Dr. King was hella revolutionary. You know what I mean? He was radical, like Jesus. Um, and and so was so was Malcolm. So Martin or Malcolm, I would say both. Um, you know, in the world you need tree shakers and apple catchers. Somebody got to shake the tree. But if you're working together, they catch the apple. So I don't know if that answers your question. It doesn't. Malcolm, Malcolm or Martin, I'm always gonna go Malcolm. However, I appreciate Mark. Absolutely. I think in this segment, there's no really wrong answer. Right. They're both incredible human beings. Who is it for you, uh, LeBron or, or Jordan? Uh, generationally, um, <laughs> see. Now you ask me about sports. I don't know about sports, but I could just tell you. Um, oh, man. Generationally, I'm supposed to say Jordan, but from a standpoint of a LeBron who – you know, to me, this brother came out of high school, went pro. I, I don't know what it's like to be a kid going to play against grown men. Mm. Like, you come out of high school and you looking across and they're shacking them. And you're getting after them. And you're getting at All of them. 
Yeah, okay, but but then you bring your crew together and you educate them along the way while you're working, they getting degrees and they handling the business, then you give them the schools and then LeBron. Damn. No, no, no offense to the eight thousand dollar Nike Air Jordans, you know, all that stuff. But I'm just talking about from my stand from my lens. I love it, man. From my like from my life from my life piece, if I were able to hang out with uh, LeBron or Jordan right now, based on my worldview, I got to go LeBron. Is it hip hop music or jazz music for you? Um, they're, they're, they're pretty much the same, but you know, being first generation hip hop, I'm going hip hop. And, uh, are you, would you rather read a book or would you rather listen to it? I'm going to always read and I'm going to always, um, want something I could put in my hand and feel. I want to touch it. I want to touch it. I want to turn the page. I want to, I want to, I, I, I want to argue with a book. Mm. I don't agree. I don't just have to agree with authors. I like to get into arguments. Like, like I don't read prefaces. I don't want to hear your opinion. I want to, like, I skip, I skip the introductions of yeah. someone telling me what they think. Yeah. I want to know what I think about it. Mm -hmm. And if you got to over explain it to me, it probably wasn't written for me. Yeah. And so, uh, Books, you know. I love the I love getting to the end. Yeah. If I could be honest, I love how it feels when I get to the last page. I turn the last page. I'm just like, I'm I, I'm a sucker for a good story. And and I think when I'm listening to them, no offense, I'm sure people are consuming knowledge that way as well. But for me, I, I get too distracted, you know. But when I'm intentionally reading a book and turning the pages, it is something to me. I like to take my time. I like books that I get lost in. Yeah. Ideas that I didn't, you know, think of. It's it's a world of discovery. That's why I believe, you know, you know, the 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 first the first cons the first the first command to the Prophet Allah was Ikra, read. Mm -hmm. So I gotta go with the read. He said I can't read, read, read. Yeah. Yeah. you know. And so I, I think that, you know, there's nothing like a, there's nothing like a book. There's nothing like picking up a book, especially the ones that call you. You go into a bookstore and that book call you, you'd be like, what's got up? You. I got you. Last question I have for you. So uh, uh, a night for you, what, what's funner to, to create art or to listen to art? And, and mm. Man. Well, you know, I'm more into photography, you know, lately. However, the listening to music, like to me, Oh my God! It opens up a world. I don't. I, I listen to it all. I don't care jazz, blues, country, whatever. Where folks are expressing the human dynamic mm -hmm. and telling that story, and that's why. That's why I don't kind of just like, um, you know, jump on what some other artist should be saying to yeah. please me. You know, I like to listen to artists that tell me what's going on in their world, and then I can do with it what I choose to do with it you know what i mean is it information is it entertainment is it just that moment is that that boom boom like man you know or is it that jazz kicking you know so i'm not i'm not a, a snob as it relates to music i just like to hear i like to see what artists are trying to convey and so yeah if, I, if i'm going to sit down i'm probably not going to be sketching or anything i'm gonna probably just be chilling listening to some music i love it um Man, you've made such an impact on my life. I want to just thank you publicly, oh, man. man. I, I love you. I'm so honored to know you and to to be able to share this time with you. I, I want to tell you really quick, I love that when I call you, 
I can talk to you. Yeah. I think that's one of the most amazing gifts that you've ever given me is that you answer the phone or you'll call me back or we have your, your time. So thank you for your time. But for people that want to get a hold of you, they want to learn about what you are doing, they want to support you, how do, how do they get a hold of you? Brotherjeff.com. If you just go to brotherjeff.com, you know, that'd be cool. Um, you could get in touch. But, you know, from, from, a, from a leadership standpoint, you know, I've been, in a, I've been in a lot of dynamics. I've done a lot of traveling. We're on our way to Senegal um, in, a, in a couple of months. Um, but I want to be accessible. And the leaders that I look up to are accessible. Yeah. You know, like when I think about all the great individuals that I've been around, I've been able to touch and be amongst. My leaders have not become my celebrities. Mm-hmm. And there's a difference. You know, we've turned our we've turned our political leaders or our community leaders into celebrities where folks from outside of our community actually subsidize them and 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 mm-hmm. and, and, and enrich them financially, and then we lose access to them. You know what I mean? I want to be on Wilson Street. <laughs> Be right there. You're not gonna. But I go that purple door. I want to hear. I want to see. I want to walk out. I want to, you know, because like I told you, when I was growing up, my heroes were accessible. They lived there. They were right there. It's like that's so and so. That's so and so. That's come on up and up and talk. So I'm very conscious when I'm dealing with individuals that I'm I'm present and sharing what I have and receiving the gifts that they have uh, collectively, and I call that community. I love it, man. You all, I I hope that you all enjoyed this as much as I enjoyed it. Easily one of the best interviews I've ever been a part of. The the most, oh my God, the guest. I just love him. That's my man, Brother Jeff. This has been another episode of the Pro Formula Podcast. I'm your host, Tarek Shabazz, and I appreciate you joining us today. Peace be on to each of you. Thank you. Peace. (laughs) We just chopping it up.